Welcome to the Seasoned Athlete Podcast, your home for stories, inspiration, and advice from athletes over 40. I'm your host, Robin Leggett. I'm a later in life athlete who became a roller derby skater in my 30s and a runner and obstacle racer in my 40s. Now I'm an athletic aging coach who helps women over 40 experience the massive life benefits that come with exploring your athletic potential at any age and any fitness background. If that fires you up, keep listening. Let's do this. Seasoned athletes, I've spent a lot of time going back and forth on the title of today's episode. I wanted to make an episode talking about fad diets and myths around nutrition for those seeking to live an active and athletic lifestyle, and especially for women athletes and aging women athletes. You see, women are typically raised to have a lot of disordered thoughts and behaviors around food and as an extension around fitness. We're conditioned to think and believe that there's a socially acceptable way we should look and body size we should have. And anything outside of that predetermined air quote norm is a recipe for thoughts of shame and a negative body image. This all starts very early and continues our entire lives. And then, independent of that, women are typically raised to live in service to others, whether it's partner, family, kids, work, day-to-day responsibilities. Okay, so as a result of all this, we're conditioned to strive to have a body and a lifestyle that fits into this box that has been made for us. So in my efforts to help women over 40 step outside of that box and explore their athletic potential so they can live bigger, bolder lives, so they can feel empowered to do the things that are challenging, exciting, and bring them joy, the question inevitably returns to diet. Because here we have people who've spent their entire lives being told that they should eat a certain way so they can look a certain way. But living an athletic lifestyle requires a mental shift when it comes to food. Because now food is the fuel that gives you the energy to accomplish your bold athletic and fitness goals. And that takes me back to the name of this episode, which I decided to call Athletes Don't Diet. I realize this might be a controversial title for some. I know that there are athletes who do diet, that do focus heavily on calorie restriction. That's why we've heard stories about how prevalent eating disorders have been in athletic populations, especially for women. It goes back to that box that others try to fit us in, that we need to be lean to be fast, strong, or agile. What I want to help you understand today is why calorie and nutrient restriction and popular fad diets are not going to help you become a better athlete. In fact, I'm going to help you understand why they are doing you a disservice in all areas of your life. And ultimately, I want to help you understand how having a healthy relationship with food and the role it plays in your life can help you do all the cool, amazing, challenging, difficult, hard but rewarding things you want to do in your life. Because whatever is happening around athletes and dieting, I'm hoping this episode can help create a culture where athletes don't diet. So where do we begin? I'm going to start by talking about low energy availability. In all of the Instagram influencer diet culture nonsense that is out in the world trying to convince you to try the latest fad diet that's going to help you lose weight and run your next race, nobody seems to be talking about low energy availability. And yet, according to Dr. Stacey Sims, 46% of recreational athletes experience low energy availability. 46%. In fact, you might be experiencing low energy availability. So what the heck is low energy availability and why is it a problem? This isn't a term you hear every single day, but it's important that you know about it. 
Low energy availability represents a state in which the body does not have enough energy left to support all the physiological functions needed to maintain optimal health. Basically, we need a certain amount of calories per day for our bodies to function and for us to stay healthy. The amount of calories burned from exercise will subtract from that number of calories. And if we are constantly in a negative state, it can affect basic physiological functions, which can cause a ripple effect of problems. Low energy availability can happen as a result of dietary changes or behaviors that come with dissatisfaction of your body, or feeling the need to be leaner to accomplish performance goals, or feeling pressure to look a certain way because that's what we've been conditioned to believe is socially acceptable. This can happen really easily if you start incorporating more intense exercises into your life, but don't adjust your fueling to provide energy for this new physical effort you're making. Female athletes are especially at risk for all the reasons I previously mentioned. And I'm not just talking about elite athletes, but recreational athletes, weekend warriors, workout enthusiasts, people like you and me. Let me go back to that percentage, that number I mentioned before. 46% of recreational athletes are experiencing low energy availability. Recreational athletes. Keep that in mind. So what can happen if you reach a state of low energy availability? Here are just a few things. Your thyroid goes down, your resting metabolic rate goes down, it can affect your menstrual cycle if you have one, and if you're menopausal, low energy availability can exacerbate some of the effects of aging, including increasing stored fat in the body. And that right there is something to make note of, because although younger populations might be keenly aware that they're in a low energy state if their periods stop, and as such they can act quickly to do something about it, older populations might not even realize it's happening, or worse, it may lead to a line of thinking that despite all the exercise you're doing, you're not losing weight, so you should eat less, when really, you may need to be eating more. So how can you tell if you're heading toward a state of low energy availability? Here are some symptoms that show that you might be heading that way. If you have fatigue that you just can't shake, if you have disordered sleep, If you have trouble recovering, if you're not getting fitter, faster, or stronger, no matter how much work you put in, and as I previously mentioned, if you're seeing weight gain despite a significant increase in physical activity. That last part, you may think it's happening because you're eating too much when really you might be eating too little. So this is something to be mindful of if you're living an active lifestyle or if you've increased the amount of exercise you're doing. It's a bit of a mental shift around the role food plays in your lifestyle. Rather than restricting because you think you need to do that to be faster, stronger, and leaner, instead think of food as the fuel that gives you the energy to both do these hard things that make you feel amazing, but also continue to support your body for optimal health. With that in mind, let's move on and talk about those fad diets. Because this last bit of information I gave you could help you decide whether or not to adopt one of these diets into your life. Fad diets, what are they? Well, they're typically diets with names that are buzzy and they're typically very restrictive. But these diets are also the diets that all your friends are going to swear by if you post on Facebook asking about how to lose weight or get fitter faster. In this episode, I'm going to talk about two of them, ketogenic diet and intermittent fasting. Let's start with a ketogenic diet or keto as it's commonly known. The theory behind it is that by eating low to no carbs, your body goes into a ketogenic state where you have an improved ability to burn fat as fuel. The original population that this diet was tested on was obese males and diabetics. But more recently, keto has been becoming more popular with athletes and among women for performance and for weight loss. 
As with just about everything related to fitness, sports performance, and weight loss, studies mostly have been done on men. We're just starting to learn the effect on women, which as it turns out, is often very different. For women, the ketogenic diet increases cortisol, which can then result in muscle breakdown. Now, this is the opposite effect of what we're looking for. And this is super important to make note of as we age, because a result of aging, a thing that just happens as we age is muscle loss. It is already happening. We don't need anything to add to that, to continue to make it happen. In fact, we need to be thinking the opposite. We need to work on building muscle. We need to emphasize resistance training and protein consumption to prevent that muscle loss and to build lean muscle. Keto, that makes it even more difficult. Additionally, keto can affect your hormones and your cycle. It can suppress your thyroid and slow your metabolism, making it difficult for you to see the physical changes to your training as it can result in fat gain, including belly fat. And finally, carbohydrates provide energy for high intensity exercise. You need them. So unless you're pretty much only doing ultra running where your heart rate tends to stay in an aerobic state the entire time, a ketogenic diet is not going to provide you with the energy you need to lift heavy weights or do high intensity efforts. So if that is something that's important to you, maybe second guess this keto idea. All right. Okay. Let's move on to intermittent fasting. So With intermittent fasting, you fast for a certain number of hours in the day and only eat during a certain window. The windows of time can vary. Intermittent fasting has become popular for weight loss because in general, if you're fasting at least half of your day, if not more, you're likely taking in fewer overall calories. And yeah, when calories out are greater than calories in, weight loss typically happens. So you can see why people, and especially women, have been quick to adopt intermittent fasting. The problem is that there simply has not been significant research on intermittent fasting in athletic populations, but we can infer that severe time-based restriction like this can play a role in low energy availability and all of the problems that come with it. In addition, here are some of the more direct effects that can happen to women on the intermittent fasting diet. It can lead to menstrual dysfunction. It can result in a strong sympathetic nervous system response. Now, the sympathetic nervous system, that's the fight or flight and stress response part of your nervous system. And this can cause increased anxiety, brain fog, and possible depression. Now, here's something interesting. For men, they have the opposite response. They have a strong parasympathetic nervous system response. So while women are dealing with anxiety, brain fog, and possible depression, men have the opposite, increased mental sharpness. They feel more calm, relaxed, and in control. Go figure, right? But if your male friends are talking about all these great things that are happening, uh, you know, they're sharp, they're calm, they're relaxed, they feel in control, all those things I just said, and they're like, you need to try this diet. Well, remember, it has the opposite effect on women. Again, go figure. Women have increased fat around the organs and increased risk of cardiovascular issues like heart disease. Add in the possible low energy availability effects, and it simply just, it just simply doesn't seem like it's worth it, especially for athletic women. And here's the thing to think about. We do naturally fast every single day. When we sleep, we're fasting. We're not eating. We're sleeping. And this is typically happening about six to eight hours in the day. It's just what's naturally happening. So if you want to try fasting in any sort of way, the best thing you can do is just not eat after dinner and don't eat until breakfast. This is a form of fasting that's more in line with your natural rhythms and your natural schedule. Your body will respond better and it won't feel forced. Now, I realize that this episode may elicit a response from people who do swear by these diets, who have seen positive changes in all sorts of ways with these diets. And I also realize that if you are seeing positive benefits from keto or intermittent fasting, I'm not likely to change your mind. 
All I can say to that is, you do you. That's fine. But also realize that what works for you may not work for others. And there's a possibility that it may not be working for you in the long term either. Ultimately, there are three things I'd love for you to get out of this episode. Number one, that the fad diets you hear so much about have not been researched heavily in active female populations. That just because your friend thinks they are the bee's knees doesn't necessarily mean it'll work for you. In fact, it could cause the reverse effect from what you're looking for or could cause damage. Number two, I'd love for you to have some general awareness of warning signs to look for that tell you you're not getting enough food to fuel your fitness and your life. Things like never-ending fatigue, sleep issues, being slow to recover, and not seeing physical progress from your training or possibly even gaining weight. These are signs that you're getting close to that dangerous state of low energy availability. I want to help you shift your thought process away from food restriction and more towards improved fueling. And number three, above all, food is fuel. It gives you the energy for your body to do all the things it needs to do every single day and all the things you want to do. It gives you the energy for your internal organs to operate, for you to do all your daily tasks, and to allow your body to do some really cool, impressive, awesome stuff. Food allows you to run long races, lift heavy weights, cross finish lines, do high-intensity exercise, feel those runner's endorphins, cycle great distances, do cool roller skate dance moves. Whatever you're into, you need food to fuel it. All of it, at any age. So remember, athletes don't diet. They fuel. Start fueling seasoned athletes. Ready to take the inspiration you get from seasoned athlete and put it into action in your own life? Grab my new pop-up mini podcast called How to Age Like an Athlete. In this three-episode series, I share stories of people just like you and me who made a choice to step into their own athletic potential at various ages and changed their lives in the process. And then I give you a simple step-by-step method to make this happen in your own life right now. Subscribe for free and listen now at robinleggett.com slash private pod.